We need you, Lord. 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 Galatians 5, verse 22 says this, But the fruit of the Spirit... Let's go back to verse 16. Paul said, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you... What's that word? Pretty clear word, isn't it? Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You ever make this statement, Lord, I just wish I could overcome this thing? There is a way. Walk in the Spirit. I didn't say that's easy. It's work. But it's how we overcome. Walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. You ever feel that way? Paul felt that way. He said, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, that's what I do. Oh, wretched man that I am. You ever feel that way? Yeah, it's, it's okay for a moment, but you better understand the rest of what Paul said by the grace of God. He's able to do some things he couldn't do by the grace of God. The Holy Ghost is the spirit of grace, according to the writer of Hebrews. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you receive the spirit of grace. You receive the power that enables you to do what you and I cannot do ourselves. This is one of the functions of the Holy Ghost within us the function of the Lord Jesus living within us. Scripture says He would lead us and guide us into all truth. The Scripture says of the Holy Ghost that He would reprove sin and righteousness and judgment. John 16, you can read that some other time. We see these are functions of the Holy Ghost. When you are filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, these things begin to operate and work in mine and your life if, if I yield daily to His indwelling Spirit. If. Now I have to yield. You say, well, how do I do that? Are you ready? You make a choice. That's it. You make a choice. See, we want to complicate it. We want to make it harder than that. And I'm not saying that's easy. But we want to make it harder than that. Yielding to the Spirit of God is simply a choice. We just read here, the flesh lusts against the Spirit. 
and the spirit against the flesh. And the reason this happens, the scripture tells us, is they're contrary to each other. What the spirit would do and what my flesh would do are contrary. They're opposing. One place Paul said the carnal mind is enmity with God. It's not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. What does it mean, enmity? It opposes the carnal mind. My carnal way of thinking opposes the mind of Christ. And so when I recognize that, then I determine, no, I want to be yielded to the Holy Ghost. I do not simply want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, yes, I want to be filled. But I want to be yielded to that which fills me. And when I learn to yield to that which fills me, I then begin to walk in the Spirit. It's not enough to have the Holy Ghost in me. I must be in Him. Jesus said, if you abide in me. Hold on a minute. I, I, I thought that said, if I abide in you. But that's not what He said. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, that's the Holy Ghost. When you're filled with the Holy Ghost, the living word is inside of you. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you will ask what you will. It'll be done. It'll be given you. How's that happen? It happens when you... See, we skip the first part. We have to abide in Him. That's what it is to walk in the Spirit. I, I, I believe the Scripture. We need to be filled with the gift of His Spirit. I'm so thankful it's a gift because we could never earn it. We could never pay for it. We could, Thank God it's a gift. Aren't you thankful the promise of the Father is a gift? And it's for everybody. And we can rightfully so, at times, put focus on the receiving of the gift of the Holy Ghost. And we talk about the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God being in us. We don't always then give time and energy and attention and effort to us being in Him. And there is the key to walking in the Spirit and not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. I've heard people through the years make statements like, and I thought that once I repented and was baptized and my sins were washed away by the name of Jesus Christ and His precious blood, and I received the whole... I thought then it would get easy. <laughs> well, it, it does if I learn to yield to His Spirit that's in me. What happens is I, I can receive the gift of His Spirit, but then I still try to do it on my own. Versus yielding to His Spirit. And I learned to yield by choice. You ever, you ever ended up somewhere in life, in the journey of life, and you looked at it and you're like, my goodness, how in the world did I get here? Anybody ever had that happen? You've lived any length of time at all, you probably had that happen. Like, oh man. Maybe you just shook your head. I, some of you heard me share this. I'll make it a really short version, but just to give an example. When I was younger, uh, some 22, 23, 24 years ago or so, 
my wife and I were in a predicament of our own doing, of our own doing. And I remember, I remember taking all these things. I, I, just, I had taken, we had all this debt. We had all these things that were a result of, again, of our own doing. I, I knelt down in the floor in my living room in the place that we were renting at the time. I laid, I laid bills. I laid cards. I laid stuff in the floor and knelt down right there and began to talk to God about those things. Now, I didn't say, oh, God, do a miracle. I didn't say, oh, God, send somebody to give me a winning lottery ticket. That will work. I can't buy it, but you can give me one. <laughs> I remember clearly what I prayed that day. I said, Lord, all of this mess is none of your fault. All of this mess is my own doing. All of this mess is my own choosing. And I'm not asking you for a quick fix, God. But I'm asking you to give me grace. And I'm repenting for the choices I've made that brought me to this place. And if you have mercy and you'll help me, I'll never go to this place again. Now, that's an example. Now, how many of you ever, just in case you weren't quite sure what I was asking before, how many of you ever ended up in a place and you're like, how in the world did I get here? Well, guess what? I'm glad you asked. I'm going to tell you how you got there. You got there the same way I got there. One carnal choice at a time. I'm not trying to be unkind. This, we're just talking real, okay? You got there and I got there one carnal choice at a time. You didn't. You didn't go from here to here in a split second. A wrong choice. A little regret. A wrong choice. A little regret. A couple wrong choices because it satisfied my flesh. A little regret, a little pain. Oh, I just need, I need to take care of me. A little fleshly choice. And little by little, little by little, little by little, choice after choice, another choice, another choice, another choice, another choice, and another choice. And you guys are like, I get it, but this is what we do. And another choice. And what we do is we say, I'm not going to do it. And then another choice. But no, no, no. I'm, God just help me. And another choice. Before long, we just fall into making those choices. And the question comes, how did I get here? I, I remember there. How did I get here? It didn't happen overnight. I made choices. Does that make sense to all of us? So how do I, how do I fix that? 
Don't overthink this. I get here to this point, and I realize I really need to be where he is. He didn't do this, but I know he can rescue me from whatever, wherever I am, whatever I've done, whatever life has done in me. I, I, he wants to change it. He wants me to live and walk in the spirit, not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. And so I come as you've come in humble, broken repentance before God, recognizing where I am as a result of my choices. And I cry out, God, help me. God, forgive me in genuine repentance. Not, oh, man, I'm sorry I'm here. And I sure I don't like it. Well, I hope you don't like it. That's usually what leads us to repentance. Godly sorrow leads to repentance. And so I come to this place of brokenness and humility, and I, I acknowledge my sin, or I acknowledge my choices, I acknowledge those things in repentance, he willingly and readily, the Lord Jesus says, I forgive you. You understand it's like that. He doesn't go, well, I don't know. Beg a while longer and we'll see. That's what we do. Because we struggle to receive his forgiveness. But he does not withhold forgiveness. We do. But he doesn't. And when we genuinely repent, he says, I'll forgive you. Now, the challenge is, I really thought we were going a whole different direction this morning. The challenge is. We stop right there oftentimes. Why? Oh, I feel so much better. Oh, thank you, God. Ah, that weight was... Whew. Thank God. I'm... Whew. Felt good to get that off of my chest. and The tears are... Felt good. It felt good to weep before the Lord and release that to Him. And oh, thank God. That's only the beginning. Now, now I have to walk in the Spirit. So, what does walking in the Spirit require? I now have to make choices. I got to make a choice every single day, every single interaction, every decision I'm making. You realize we make choices all day long, all day long. Everyone in this room has probably made 100 to 200 choices already today, and that's probably being small. You made a choice about what time you were going to get up. You made a choice about what you were going to wear today. You made a choice about what you were going to drink or eat or have for breakfast or not. You made a choice about who was going to drive the vehicle and which way you were going to come here. You made a choice about where you were going to sit. You may, you're making choices all day long, constantly. And so what happens is, if we're not careful, we just lean on our flesh to make choices. Does that make sense? 
I, I just become such a creature of choice, realize that I don't even consider the leading of the Spirit of God in every choice. Now, I'm not saying you should stand in your closet and pray for 40 minutes deciding which shirt to put on. I know some of you men think that's what your wife's doing. I laugh and I love it. It's funny. There's times where I come in the bedroom, we're getting ready to go somewhere. My wife's got like three outfits laying across the bed. I've lived long enough with her to know what's happening. And any men that have been married any length of time, you know exactly what's happening too. And if you don't, let me help you. She's trying to decide what she wants to wear today. She's going to make a choice. Yeah. She's getting ready to make a choice. Now, it's funny to me. I haven't done this very often. I don't know if I've done it once, maybe twice that I can think of. I go back. But I have found if I walk in and I see that scenario that I just described to you, I could say something as simple as, Babe, I like that. I think you ought to wear that today. And you know what? She'll be like, okay. Who made the choice? Who did? Did she? Or did I make the choice for her? Or did I greatly influence her choice? That's a real simple example, isn't it? Now, don't twist this. I'm not making myself out to be God in any way, shape, or form. But her choosing to follow my choice is what it's like for you and I to choose to follow the leading of the Spirit of God. I have choices laid before me, and I could just, in my own humanity and flesh, go, I'm going to make a decision. Or I could look, what do you think, Lord? And let him begin to direct my life. Let him direct my life. Now, what happens is, how do you do that? You say, well, man, do you pause and think? And No, you don't. You don't over-spiritualize every single moment. I don't know any of you that walked in here praying on, oh, God, where should I sit this morning? Uh, oh, I was going to sit there, but Sister Julie's not in the spirit, so I can't sit there. And so I'm just kidding. But it, we, we, we don't, I'm not talking about that. that. That's what happens where we like over-sensationalize this and make this idea of walking in the spirit some, ooh, ah, uh, you're right. No. But we have to be ever cognizant and aware of the indwelling Spirit of God and ever seeking to hear and listen and move as He leads the whisper, the breath of God, the, the gentle nudge that comes like a, a simple tap on the shoulder in passing, like, hold on, what is that for just a minute? I, I'm waiting on God right now, and there's, there's something in this that I don't recognize. Hold on, pause, pause. I'm not just going to plow ahead because I'm making choice. No, I've got to be led of the Spirit of God. 
God. And so what I do and what you do is we purpose. It takes a purposing of our heart. I'm going to give myself to being led by His Spirit every day of my life. Every day of my life. And then I'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. What does that mean? A choice. No, no, that's my flesh. That doesn't please God. I'm yielding to the Spirit. You know how you can tell the difference between a person who's walking in the flesh and walking in the Spirit consistently? Generally, in their, in their relationship with God, it's like this. If they're not consistently walking in the Spirit, it's like there's highs and lows and there's, there's ups. And life has highs and lows and ups and downs. I understand that. But when we're walking in the Spirit, we navigate them differently. doesn't mean it looks like everything's always okay. doesn't mean we don't have problems. doesn't mean we don't go through stuff. But the levelness of our relationship with God continues. The steadfastness, there's roots that are there. That comes from consistently walking in the Spirit. It's choices. It's choices. Daily choices. Every day. See, we want it to be more complicated than that. Because then we can absolve ourselves of responsibility that we have to walk in the Spirit. The idea, if I'm not careful, that we have is, here, Brother Lewis, can you help me for a minute? Do you mind? Okay. This is our idea of what we think walking in the Spirit is. Walk towards Ethan, please. All right. Okay, he said. We get that. Well, I just want God to take me in. I got a news flash for you. God is not going to do it that way. Because if God did it that way, he has just removed free will from my life. And thereby violated his word, and therefore he would not be God. So, he lets you make choices. But here's the thing. When you receive the Holy Ghost, you're not making those choices on your own anymore. You're yielding to the Spirit. You can have fellowship with him every day of your life, and He will willingly direct your steps. But you got to choose. Have you, how many of you? We're just all humans this morning. I'm so thankful that it's just humans that gather together here. <laughs> Feel right at home. How many ever been faced with a choice? Ah, man, oh, I know I shouldn't do this, but ah! And you go ahead and do it anyway. Like most of you are honest. No, okay. I'm just all of us have, right? Because we're human. And then afterwards, what does the adversary do? Condemnation. You're gifted nothing. See, you thought you're supposed to be this. And he just 
But a question, why do we keep doing that? Well, because I like it. My flesh likes it. And so I'm fulfilling the lusts of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit and you'll not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Just making sense? Why is this so important? Because, you know what, sometimes we live our life, we're like, man, how come I just can't seem to, I just seem like I'm always in this struggle. I'm always in this. And understand, living for God, it is always, a, there is a spiritual battle that's raging about us. But that doesn't mean we're always living in the throes of struggle in our own relationship with God. We should live and walk in victory in relationship with Him. And the struggle becomes the daily battle that we must fight walking in the Spirit to see captives set free, to see lives delivered from the bondage of sin, to see people living and walking in victory as God intends. And they see that because they see us. Not us individually like we're somebody. They see us, the body of Christ. Choices. Choices. You know that example I shared with you where I was on my living room floor and I was repenting and I told God, if you'll help me, I'll remember that just a few minutes ago. He did. He did. He helped me and my wife. He helped us. And he dramatically and completely and totally changed that situation in our lives. Completely, utterly It'd blow your mind if I told you all the stories. It took 20 years. But it was a choice every day. A choice. A choice. A choice according to the will of God. A choice directed by the word of God. You say, man, but sometimes I just don't know. I, I really do want to be led by the Spirit, but I'm not sure what God would have me to do. I have help. Don't worry. When you just don't know what to do. And you just feel like I can't hear from God on the matter. I just wish God would talk to me. Right here. The word of God is a lamp to our feet. It is a light to our path. The word of God. And so we go to the word of God and we let it begin to influence our choices. Is this making sense this morning? This is for, I think maybe it's for all of us, but maybe some more than others. But the Lord wants to radically, I, I've not, I, and to my knowledge, I haven't prayed this like in the distant past at all. But man, the last two to three months, I have been praying this prayer at times when it's quickened to my spirit. God, 
do in us a radical transformation by your spirit. You understand, when he fills us with his spirit, it's not to make us good people so that we have a good reputation and we have a nice three-bedroom house with two bathrooms and a garage and a nice car and some good stuff and we look all in order and people envy our lives because we're so together and everything's great and wonderful and that's what, you know. I'm being a little facetious, but in some ways, that's what we've made receiving the Holy Ghost to be. It's like it makes us these real good, proper people that people really aspire to be. Now, people should see our lives and desire what we have. That doesn't mean they desire. Heaven forbid they look at what we have and go, oh, I desire the material blessings I see on their life. God forbid I would diminish the Spirit of God to such a base level that I want people to view me as having material things and that being a sign of my relationship with God. You know what the sign is? We haven't got there yet. It's where we were going to start. <laughs> you all are so gracious and patient. Here's the sign, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance. Against such there is no law. This is what people should see and desire in us. I didn't read anything about nice car, great home. Fancy cars, name brand watch. Not knocking if you, you understand. Let's make sure we don't get shifted in what we're pursuing here when we're being led by the Spirit. Do you think Apostle Paul was led by the Spirit? Anybody believe Apostle Paul was led by the Spirit? In beatings often, in shipwreck, beaten with stripes in perils of my countrymen, in perils of sword, in perils of, whoa, I don't want that kind of life of being led by the Spirit. I thought being led by the Spirit meant victory every day and multitude of blessings and full bank accounts and nice things and material stuff and new shoes and nicer car. And beating you up if you have a nice car. You understand this morning. Let's not... we got to get the right measure here. What the world should see in us is what we just read here. This becomes what is desirable to them. Because they don't have... Love, joy, peace, gentleness, meekness, temperance, long-suffering. They don't witness that in their daily living. And so when you and I are led by the Spirit, these things begin to show up in our lives. This is the other way that you know that someone is walking in the Spirit. It's make you nervous now, won't it? 
You want to know if somebody's walking in the spirit? See, here's how we measure it. Ooh, man, they were, ooh, they're really sensitive to stuff. Ooh, they really picked up on, ooh, they had a word. Ooh, did you hear them when that? There's a difference between operating in the spirit and walking in the spirit. I thank God we should operate in the spirit. But unfortunately, I've met and known people, and I've probably been guilty myself, just to be real honest, of operating in the spirit when I wasn't always walking in the spirit. And the danger is some people learn to operate in the spirit, but walk after the flesh. They step in and operate in the spirit, and then they just go walk in their flesh. You say, well, that can't happen. Oh, but it can. We're called to walk in the spirit. We're called to walk in it. It's a daily choice. It's a daily choice. And here's the thing. It will change your life. It will be a radical transformation of our life when we live every day walking in the spirit. And it's not hard. It's just choice. It's just choice. I was talking to the men uh, at men's prayer yesterday morning after prayer. And it, it, it's daily. It's daily. It's daily. It's daily. It's daily. And we, we want it to be, ooh, ah, felt, wow, today was so. And I love it when God does these outstanding, amazing things that you point to and go, wow, man. Let me tell you what God did today. It was, what, you don't, I mean, I love those things, yes. Newsflash, every day is not that way. Anybody notice that? You just got to live daily. You just got to walk daily. You just got to go on daily. You just got to day by day, day by day, day by day. But I purpose and I determine I'm going to walk in the Spirit today. It's not based on what I feel or how I feel. It's based on who He is and who I am. And therefore, by His grace, I will walk in His Spirit. I'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And there are things that will begin to take place and happen in your life. We want to walk in the Spirit one day and expect everything to change. It's a choice thing. And the same way I ended up at a place that I'm going, how did I get here? God help me, was choices across years. When you and I begin to walk in the Spirit, we make a determination and a decision in our heart and in our life. God, my life belongs to you. It does not belong to myself anymore. You purchased me with your own blood. You didn't just rescue me from sin, but by your own blood, you died to deliver me from the bondage of sin. And therefore, my life no longer belongs to myself. It belongs to you. And so by your grace, I will daily walk in the Spirit. I will daily choose and daily choosing, daily choosing, daily choosing. And before long, you look back and you're like, do you remember where we were five years ago? Do you remember where we were 10 years ago? Do you remember where we were 50? I look at some of your lives. I look at almost all of your lives. I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, oh, man. No, I mean, I, I, I'll pick on some of you this morning. Don't get nervous. It'll be good. I. <laughs> I, I mean, I, is this okay? I look at Brother Abel and Cecilia Sidney. Aren't they beautiful? I mean, really, aren't like these are two of the most beautiful people I know. I remember Sister Yesenia working at McDonald's just out of the military. Boy, you were a mess, weren't you? 
I mean that in a bad way. We were all a mess. I remember Aurora coming to Bible study. Just a young girl. She's still young, but younger. I'm making anybody old. I remember them coming and because Yesenia got filled with the Holy Ghost, she was excited, and Aurora's coming with her, and then Aurora just sort of disappeared somewhere for about 10 years, maybe. Then I remember when Yesenia told me she was going to the Philippines to meet somebody. Remember that? I don't know if she told me till after she was already on the way or something. <laughs> she later told me, I didn't want to tell you, I wasn't sure. In case you think you know. And fast forward, I could walk through the story because when I see you, I see your stories. And I thank God and I look at this beautiful family. I rejoiced. It was the gift of God that I got to be at youth convention when Jeffrey received the Holy Ghost. This is the gift of God that I got. I thought, ah, I remember. Because I was seeing that, but I was thinking about mom. I was like, mom didn't get to be there, but I got to. Sorry. We rejoice. I promise you, if you were to say, Brother Abel, Sister Yesenia, how'd you do it? How'd you get where you are today? Choices. We started making daily choices. We're like, we want to live for God with everything in us. We want to be used of God the way we read in the word and we hear. And so we're just going to make some choices. And they began making choices and their choices affected Aurora and Adrian. I remember when Aurora and Adrian first came and Adrian was like, I thought, well, my wife's coming. I'm coming too." <laughs> something like that. That's pretty much how he said it. And they just started making choices. This is what it is to walk in the spirit. See, if we can make it this ooh and ah, then it means some people just can't do it. But all of us can. When we're filled with the gift of his spirit, and then we go, God, I want to make choices that please you. I want to make choices that further your purpose. I want to make choices that further your kingdom. I want to make choices that walk in the spirit because I don't want to fulfill the lust of my flesh. I want my life to be a life of fruit that begins to minister to the world. And when the world looks at you and I, the body of Christ, they go, there's such love there. There's such peace there. There's such joy there. There's such the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. Would you stand with me this morning? Anybody want to walk in the spirit? Now, I promise you, more than you want to walk in the spirit, he wants you to walk in the spirit. He desires to lead you more than you desire to be led. I'm going to say that again because we need to lay hold on that. The spirit of God desires to lead you more than you desire to be led. I know some of you right now are going, I don't know, man. I really, really, more than that. 
his greatest desire is to lead you by his spirit. When the prophet Jeremiah declared the word of the Lord and said, I know the thoughts that I have for you to bring you to an expected end and that of good, not of evil. How could the Lord think that? I'll tell you why. Because he desires to lead you more than you want to be led. He wants to bring you and I to an expected end. But here's the deal. He brings you by leading you by his spirit. He doesn't choose for you. He gives you the choice. And you walk in the spirit. Or you do what pleases the flesh. Jesus said, I do always that which pleases my father. So how do you know? Brother Ethan's coming. If you're on the praise team, I want you to come. If you're supposed to be singing today, we're going to worship the Lord together. So how do you do that? Daily. Just daily. 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 And when you trip and stumble and fall, and you will, I speak from great experience. You get up again, and you make a choice. It's just, I'm not going to continue to go that direction. And this is what I've learned. The sooner... I'll stop making a wrong choice. And the sooner I'll yield to the choice of the Spirit of God, the swifter the road to change and recovery and victory. But the longer I procrastinate, because this is what we do in our human nature, and I continue, I'm going to someday, I'm going to, but I'll put off the choice. And I'll keep making the wrong choice. You understand putting off the right choice is making a choice. Doing nothing is making a choice. The longer I put off the direction of the spirit, the more I'm yielding to the will of my flesh. You say, well, but I've stopped. There comes a point I've got to begin to choose the other direction. That's part of repentance. That's being led by the Spirit of God. It's not enough to stop listening to my flesh. I have to start listening to His Spirit. I stop obeying the desires of my flesh, and I begin obeying the instruction of the Spirit. Make sense? This isn't complicated, is it? Life is complicated. But living for God is a choice each day, a choice each time. I know it's cliche, but I think it's very valuable and it really helps. You should go read the book sometime if you've never read the book. It's cliche a few years ago. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? Asking that question. Faced with this, what would you do, Lord? And it becomes, the book's called In His Steps, in case you were wondering. It's written many, many years ago. 
became popular in the 80s and 90s or somewhere in there. Everybody had their little wristbands with WWJD, but I don't know that everybody read the book. It's not a condemnation. It's just an observation. Read the book in his steps. The author's last name is Sheldon. The Lord has plans for you. And he wants you to walk in his spirit. You can walk in victory. Don't believe the lie of the enemy. You can overcome. You can and will be used of God for great things. Can we worship the Lord together right now across this room?